Hey guys, Pastor Adam here. I'm so glad that you are tuning in to one of our powerful messages. We believe will elevate your faith and take your life to the next level. At Elevate, we believe that the Word of God is our blueprint and we build our lives on the truths found in God's Word. We know that this message will help you grow in your walk with God and develop your faith so that you can become all that God has for you. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as we listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Stretch my hands to you. Oh. Oh. So, so good to have you in the house of the Lord today. Time to celebrate, wouldn't you say? There's a couple of things I'd like to uh, speak before, before I minister the word this morning. Today in the house is Celeste Montoya and her husband Tito. Celeste, would you stand up your feet? God, stand up. Yeah. She rang the bell. She rang the bell. Hallelujah. Love you, girl. Many of you have been praying for her. And it's not like the battle is totally over by any stretch of the imagination, but one thing we can say is she's through chemo, praise the Lord. That's a great victory in itself, amen. I, uh, I also would like to introduce to you today, it's so good to have them, is, uh, is Malou, Rudy and Malou. Would you just stand to your feet? This is a precious couple to us. Go ahead. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Malou. Malou gave her heart to the Lord in our church way, 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 way back. We don't want to say how many years. But um, uh, she married uh, Rudy, and Rudy is like this, this, this uh, evil guy because he took her away from us. <laughs> yeah. But what, what's, what's happened is, is that every time it's Bonnie's birthday, Malou shows up at our church just to honor Bonnie. I think that's amazing, don't you? God bless you for that, Malou. We love you so much. Uh, I, I know that many of you have followed um, uh, the social media accounts of Adam and Carrie, what their situation is, uh, along with her parents, Larry and Janet. And um, they, you know, obviously it was a long playing and difficult time. Adam and Carrie were there in Jerusalem to see all the sights, and they did get to see quite a few of them, but uh, just about, they're, st uh, they're starting to get into it, and all of a sudden the war broke out. Literally, they were outside of the walled city uh, when it happened, and um, they tried to get back into the city, and the gate was closed, military presence, and they realized it's difficult. They did find, find, kept going around until they found an opening, and were able to come into the walled city, and there they were, uh, sort of stuck for quite a few days. And so it was very frustrating. A lot of pressure on all of us who love him, especially my wife and myself and uh, their, their children. And um, uh, it's just, uh, they, you know, they, we're trying to get them out. They, they'd get a flight. You, you buy a flight, pay for it, and then the next day it's canceled. And that happened five times. Just, I mean, it, it's insane uh, the way that was. And finally, um, uh, David Arabello um, had, was in contact with um, this, um, his name is Tim Kennedy, 
And Tim Kennedy is the head of Save Our Allies, a nonprofit organization. Uh, very impressive man. He was um, uh, Special Forces. He's an MMA fighter. Uh, just an unbelievable man. And he has, went into Afghanistan when all the uh, problems were happening and we, uh, the United States kind of abandoned so many people. He went in and, and got them out, fighting, just fighting through tunnels and everything to get them out. Well, he got all of a sudden, you know, we were just about like, what an, I don't know what we're going to do to get Adam out. And all of a sudden, we filled out this paperwork and um, Adam was contacted and said, if you can get to Haifa, uh, we're going to fly you out, uh, this organization. And so they got up in the morning, they, they drove up to Haifa, and uh, there's just a little airport. Um, this organization had chartered a four-seat airplane for uh, Adam and Carrie, Larry and Janet, and uh, they got on the plane, they flew them into Cyprus. Uh, and I can't tell you the relief that we felt when they landed there in Cyprus and uh, we knew that they were out of harm's way. What a tremendous organization. Um, and, 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 you know, just so that you know, that organization did not even, uh, they didn't ask for anything at all. They just did it. We've already sent um, a uh, substantial gratitude offering to them uh, for what they've done. It's just amazing. Amazing. We know... We know that God's hand was in that. That was a supernatural uh, uh, situation. Just unbelievable what the Lord did there. Anyhow, uh, he, Adam and Carrie will be back in uh, Wednesday afternoon, late afternoon. They arrive here, fly in, and, um, and so I'm sure next Sunday morning he'll be anxious to tell you the story. I don't want to tell it to you. I know next Sunday is going to be a day. Amen. So you won't want to miss that. You want to be a part of that. I did want to make uh, kind of an announcement um, this, of one thing that's going on here. Uh, if you check your calendars on the last Saturday of the month, which is the 28th of October, uh, we are going to be having an event that we do for the community, <clears throat> a trunk or treat event. And when we do something, we usually do a pretty good job of it. And so there's a couple of pictures that we have <clears throat> of the different trunks that we uh, had out at some of the other ones and, and kids come from the community. Of course, our kids here, they come and they just have an absolute ball. <clears throat> A great time uh, uh, to just be a part of that. So uh, one of the needs that we have is candy. If you'd like to make a donation of candy, man, if you'd bring that in, we would be so, so grateful so that the people that are decorating their cars don't have to do all the candy themselves. You know what I'm saying? And uh, so uh, if you'd like to be a part of it that way, you can. If you'd like to decorate a trunk, we'd love to have you do that. And uh, you could do that. Julie Robles uh, is one that you can see or... <clears throat> Cindy Fuentes, or you can get a hold of our office, uh, April or at the office, and uh, we, uh, Rich and Hilda, of course, and um, we would be um, uh, glad to have you decorate your trunk and have a good time. It's always going to be a good time when we get together. Amen. I'm going to get in the word this morning. Just, just, just moments before I do, I would like to thank you for your faithful uh, giving. There's so many faithful tithe people. Uh, uh, giving people in our church and our congregation. And I can tell you at a time like 
uh, what we've just been through uh, I, is so, so good that there, is a, uh, there are people that are not afraid to step up and do what's right with their finances. And so I want to thank you. Um, today, if you'd like to bring your tithe in, there's several ways you can do that. Offering back boxes are in the back and envelopes there for you in your, uh, right in front of your seat. And of course, uh, you can give securely uh, effortlessly, really, uh, online. That's a, a great way to give. And we thank you for that. God bless you for your giving. Amen. Well, if you got your Bible, we're going to be in uh, 2 Kings chapter 6. And feel free to turn there as you like. And I want to minister a sermon that, um, uh, that, that I've entitled, Think Again. Somebody say that with me, would you? Think again. Has anybody ever told you that? You need to think that through again. I mean, there's no question that that is some, th something that people do say. And I, I, uh, I, I thought back as I was uh, putting this sermon together of a point in time in, in um, my life where Bonnie and I were newly married. I mean, we got married uh, when we graduated from college. We packed up uh, the next week and drove here, uh, not here, but to Arizona. Uh, didn't know anybody there, and, and we, we were pressurized. Bonnie's teaching. I was uh, starting a business, and, uh, you know, we had a pressurized life, and so we loved each other. There's no question about that, but we also were not afraid to, you know, throw down. Amen. <laughs> there, there, there was no question that we had um, arguments, disagreements that would uh, 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 progress uh, to a point that I'm not really proud of. Amen. And um, uh, then came Jesus. Thank God for that. Amen. And, and uh, immediately, uh, I, God, God did something in my life, changed my life. Bonnie got saved uh, not, a, not a short time after that. Started going to church. I was devouring the Word of God. We were doing really well. Uh, but one Sunday after church, <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that when the problems usually come up? Amen. After church, we got... Uh, home there in Arizona, and this is probably 1981, and um, uh, we got home, and we're, we're, we were getting uh, lunch ready, and I was going to barbecue outside, and I have no idea what we started to argue about, but we did. We started to argue, and it's getting kind of heated and everything, and so I grabbed the meat. I was outside barbecuing, and, and my wife comes outside, and you remember, she's a brand new comfort, and she kind of put her little finger in my face. You've, you've probably seen that crooked finger. It comes after you. Amen. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and she said, this is the devil. He's just trying to separate what God is doing. And so she said that, and in, the, in, in my mind... I, 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 I kind of grabbed it, you know, in spite of being a little bit hot under the collar. And I think, you know, I need to stop and think again. Because she's right. This is not something, we love each other. Why in the heck would we be arguing, especially after church? So today I want to minister. And, and, and I want you to know one of the greatest thrills that I have as a pastor is to see people succeed. In other words, I want to see people overcome life challenges. I want to see them uh, take failures of their past, turn that around until they become people of integrity and character, people of wisdom. I want to see people prosper. I want to see marriages 
healed, restored. I, I want to see families uh, generationally grow up loving God, serving God. I want to see people progress in careers and financially uh, succeed in, in, in amazing ways. I want to see people's dreams come to fruition in their lives. This, this is why we do what we do. And I know as a minister of the gospel that I have no ability to do that by myself, but I know that success begins at the point of salvation. Jesus said it himself in John 5 when he said, I tell you the truth, those who listen to my message and believe in God who sent me have eternal life. They'll never be condemned for their sins because they've already passed from death to life. And so basically, you see it there at salvation, there's the point of a, a clean slate that, that is given to us. And so we know that here at our church, our number one value is Jesus is the center of everything. And so we say it like this, an encounter with Jesus changes everything. How many of you could uh, relate to that? Amen. He's the one that gives us a brand new clean slate. Literally what happens, the scripture says, is that it takes your old life, wipes it away, and gives you a brand new slate for which you're to write the rest of your life on. But the real question is what will we do at that, with that clean slate that we've been given? See, now I've watched this play out in so many different ways over the years because some really grab that new life that they're given. They, they really value their salvation experience and, and uh, they make the decision, I'm going to get to know this God. I'm going to spend time in his word. I'm trying to get a hold of this. It's not going to be a Sunday thing with me. I'm going to learn about Jesus and what he has for my life. And so they spend time in the word of God and they begin to rewrite the way their life is progressing. Joshua said it like this. He said uh, uh, in the first chapter, verse number eight, study this book of instruction continually. And he says, meditate on it day and night so you, you will be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Notice what it says then. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. Now notice it doesn't say uh, that you read this book uh, on Sunday when the pastor's preaching, but he says that you're to do this continually. It's a 24-7 thing, folks, that we think about, meditate on, Think about the things of God and what he has said in his word. And as a result of it, these people that approach it like that, there's a dynamic shift that begins to happen in their life. We could call that steps towards success. Because obeying Jesus is the beginning point of a successful life. What I'm talking about is family that we're successful in family. I, I know that there is nothing that anybody here today wants more than to have a good family life. And yet the enemy fights that really hard, doesn't he? And so what we've got to learn to do is find out what Jesus said financially. This is the same thing. We've got to learn uh, what God said and how we're to behave. Uh, uh, we want our career to prosper and grow. But other people 
they, they fall into a trap that with that, with that clean slate that they have, uh, 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 they fall back into old patterns. Instead of taking the time to study the word and allow the word to begin to shape their life, they uh, begin to fall away. Harmful issues begin to resurface in their life. Loneliness rears its ugly head again. And all of a sudden, anger is, is, is right at the surface. And depression or uh, poor decisions, conflicts, all kinds of things begin to happen once again. We've been saved. We felt the joy of the salvation. But if we are not uh, rethinking the way our lives are to go, what happens is we fall back into those patterns. So we might ask, why is there such a divergence in the results of different individuals who come to Christ. After all, God says in his word that everybody that comes to Christ, he's already given us all things that pertain to life and success. In 2 Peter chapter 1 and verse number 3 is scripture that you would be wise to grasp and understand. It says, by God's divine power, he's given us everything we need for living a godly life. Now notice that's a past tense scripture. By his power, God's already, is what it's saying. He's already given to us everything we need in order to live a godly life. We've received this, how do we receive it? Well, by coming to know him. The one who called us to himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellent, excellence. And so we recognize that when we come to Christ, God gives us what we need in order to succeed, but it's up to you and I to uh, act it out, to walk in it. So one thing stands out particularly above the rest when it comes to whether we succeed or not, and that's whether or not the believer learns to change the way that they think. God says in his word in Proverbs chapter 23 and 7 that as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Now, what that scripture is conveying to us is the direction of our life flows in relationship to the way that we think. It was Gandhi who studied the word of God, but he wrote this. He says, man is but a product of his thoughts. What he thinks, he becomes. And so you begin to grab the understanding, and you can probably find great men that have spoken similar things because simply put, how we think is the way our life is going to progress. See, none of us can change our past. There's nothing we can do about that. But what we can do is change our future. And the way we change our future is by changing the way that we think. Think again. So in other words, what has to happen is the new believer has to exchange restrictive thinking. Things that hold us back and exchange it for successful thinking. In other words, if you think you cannot get a good job because, well, you know, I, uh, I don't have the proper education. All the good jobs you've got to have this kind of a degree for, I, I just don't have that. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to be able to succeed. Or, or I was in jail, and so my past comes up, and they'll never hire someone like me. Well, if you think that way, guess what's going to happen? Exactly what you think. 
you're not going to progress. If you begin to think, you know, I've been married for a while and, and you know, problems have come up and I, I, I'm not in love with my wife anymore. Or I'm not in love with my husband. I, I, I think what, 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 what needs to happen is we just, you know, just to, to separate, you know, because, you know, people do that. They fall out of love. It's just the way it happens. Well, you know, the, the, the trouble with that is that kind of thinking is going to lead you to destruction. You might begin to think in terms of, 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 of uh, uh, your, your children. You know, my children, they, they, they go to school and what they learn in school is just awful. I mean, and and, they're, and they're, the kids they're hanging around with, nothing but problems. I, I just don't know what to do. I don't think they have a, a, a chance really at life. Let me tell you, as long as you think that way, if that's your thought pattern, that's exactly the direction that your life is going to happen. And so it's the same way with our finances. So many people have bought the lie. You know, I'm in debt. I've, I've, I've got a problem with that. And I, I, if I live to be 100, I'd never get out of debt. I could never do that. Well, if that's the way you think, that's exactly what's going to be uh, happening in your life. And what we've got to learn to do is to exchange restrictive thinking, that which holds us back, for scriptural thinking. Thinking, that which allows you to soar above your issues and problems. Think again. A think a shift in your thought process will allow you to elevate yourself. You know, I I uh, I'm a baseball fan, has been since a kid. And when I was a kid, there was a third baseman for the uh, Boston Red Sox by the name of Wade Boggs. Some of you would know that name, Wade Boggs, of course. Hall of Fame ball player, but honestly, Wade Boggs was not athletically prowess. He was kind of an average athlete, just a slap hitter that didn't have the long ball. You, there's not what you could say, but, 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 but Wade Boggs worked hard at his craft until he became a very valuable ball player. And when asked about it, he said these words. He said, a positive attitude causes a chain reaction of positive thoughts and events and then outcomes. It's a catalyst and it speaks extraordinary results. And so here's a man who understood I may have limitations in the natural, but I know one thing, if I begin to think that I can do it, guess what's going to happen? I'm going to be able to do it. An illustration that maybe would be more helpful for us today is an athlete by the name of Riley Gaines. How many of you know that name? You probably do, even if it doesn't ring a bell. She was the Kentucky swimmer. And if you remember the story, she was a world-class swimmer, very, very excellent. And all of a sudden, a male who decided he wanted to be a female uh, joined the, uh, the, the, the swim team. And so all of a sudden, they're thrown into this situation where he, uh, he undresses in their dressing room, exposing himself to these, these girls. And, and then when it comes time to swimming, because of his, his physique as a male, he's able to swim faster and farther than females. And so she loses her, 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 her uh, medals. And so her thought pattern was, I, I better not say anything because if I do, people are just going to attack me. I, I can't make a difference by myself. What can one person do anyhow? But we know what happened is she thought again. And she began to say, wait a second, if I don't say something, who will say something? 
And so she began to speak up. And when she did, of course, there were throats, uh, uh, insults thrown her way. But what she did is she kept speaking. And so today, I mean, she's on every newscast. She's standing in front of multitudes of people. She's having a sweeping impact, successful impact in changing the way women's sports are operated. I want to tell you something. I love to see that type of thing play out right here in our church. What a joy it is to see people come in one way, but go out another way. <clears throat> See, from, we, we lead people to Christ, <clears throat> and that's, a, that's, a, that's an exciting time. We get so excited when, when people make the decision, come to the altar, surrender their life to Christ, but that's the beginning. Now it's a clean slate, and now what's going to happen? What's going to be written on it? So from receiving Christ, what I want to see is them begin to overcome old habits. What I want to see is them to begin to make new friends. I want to see... <clears throat> their marriage restored. I want to see their families reunited. I want to see businesses created. Uh, I want to see miraculous uh, uh, intervention where generational curses turn into generational blessings. Amen. Amen. That's what we want for you. <clears throat> I needed that. <clears throat> what a joy it is to see that transpire. Because this is what God wants for you. This is what God wants for every member of our church. A gradual, and I want you to listen carefully to the way I'm saying this, a gradual embracing of Bible truth as it's revealed to them. Now the reason I'm saying it like that is because you can't get saved one day and all the issues and problems are gone the next. There's got to be a gradual embracing of God's word as it's revealed to you. We don't demand that people all of a sudden are, are, are living a perfectly holy life because, hey, let's face it, we all have issues. And as God reveals the word to us, then what we have to do is apply it to our life, grow down roots into Jesus, because after all, he's the author and the finisher of your faith. And how do you do that? Well, Romans 12, 2 tells us, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you and that which is good and pleasing and perfect. That's the word today, isn't it? Perfect. <laughs> Hallelujah. So I want to preach today out of 2 Kings chapter 6. It's a story <clears throat> that many of you might be familiar with. And it's a story uh, in Elisha's ministry, time of ministry. And Elisha, um, uh, 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 during that time, the, the king of Syria was wanting to attack Israel. And so he, every time he tried to do that, um, he, he would be beaten because uh, Elisha would hear from God exactly what they were going to do and he would tell the king of Israel and so it kept them from ever being able to be successful against uh, God's people. And so that infuriated the king of Syria and as the story goes on, that king of Syria finds out where he's at and when he finds out where he's at, he sends this huge army with chariots and horses and warriors to go and bring him to the king there. 
So let me read in verse number 13. So Elisha said, go and, uh, excuse me, the king, uh, the king says, go and see where he, Elisha is that he may, uh, that I may send and get him. And it was told him saying, surely he's in Dothan. Therefore, the king sent horses and chariots and a great army. And they came by night and they surrounded the city. And when the servant of the man of God got up in the morning, he went out and, 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 and he, he looks out and he sees the, the city is surrounded with horses and chariots. And the servant says to Elisha, Alas, my master, what shall we do? And so he answered, Elisha answers, don't fear for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open the eyes for my servant here so that he may see. And so the Lord opened his eyes and he saw and behold, the mountains are now full of horses and chariots of fire all around. And so when the Syrians came down to him, Elisha prayed to the Lord. Thank you. Syria, not Siri. <laughs> Dear God. Hallelujah. Was wondering who was talking over me. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Anyhow, <laughs> Elijah had success. <laughs> Hallelujah. Turn off, please. Hey, Siri, quit. She said, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> All right. So as Christ followers, we're, we are instructed in the word that we are to fight the good fight of faith. How many of you can say amen to that? And you know, we might stop and think about that. Why? We've come to Christ. We're now God's children. Why would we have to fight? And the answer to that is because that the, um, that's where the battle is going to be. The enemy hates us. He wants to overcome us and destroy us. And so Jesus speaks this. He, he, he recognizes this in John 16, He said, I have told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on the earth you will have, what's it say? What's it say? It's there, isn't it? Yeah. So what's it say? I'm going to hear you. It, you're going to have many, many trials and sorrows. And so this is Jesus speaking to his followers. He's speaking to us today and saying, in this world, you're going to have many sorrows, many trials, many problems, many issues. But he says, but, but understand something. Take heart because I have overcome the world. Amen. And so what he's saying there is that because I've overcome the world, that's exactly what I've given you the ability to do yourself. And he wants the same for us. Yes, we're going to have many problems, many issues, but we're going to overcome. Amen. Romans chapter 8, 35, about halfway through, he says, does it mean that he no longer, God no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or if we're persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with life? No, despite all these things, 
overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. In other words, success is ours. The issue is not that the enemy's tactics are too much for us. It's not that we do not have the ability to overcome, no matter how difficult the problem is because we know the real issue is the battle that happens in our minds. Uh, it's how we think. And so I'm grateful that that's what Jesus says, speaks to us. And he says, take the helmet of salvation. What he's saying is you better put a guard over that mind because that's the difference between success and failure in your life. In 2 Corinthians chapter 10, he says, though, though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare, well, they're not carnal, but they are mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds, the casting down of every demonic argument and every high thing that exalts itself above what we know to be true and to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Uh, what he's speaking to us is now the battle is what we have to protect is our mind because as we think, that's what we become. And so what we've got to do is put the helmet of salvation on and begin to discipline ourselves and say, nope, I'm not going to believe what the enemy's coming at me. I'm going to stand because I know I have all that I need to succeed. So now that we're followers of Jesus, we have all the promises of God in front of us. That means a lot to me. Should mean a lot to you. Because he promises that we can live successful lives here on earth and that it will be a testimony of his goodness in our lives that will bring fruit back. And so how you look at challenges that you're gonna face in your lifetime will become extremely important because successful people think in terms of possibility. Successful people know God's word and hold on to God's word. And those who struggle, well, they only see the, the obstacles. So in our text, what we're reading, Jesus said, uh, let, me, let me just say that. Jesus said, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. So in our text, what we're doing is we're seeing two main characters. You have Elisha, a very mature man of God, prophet, speaks for the Lord. And you have also a, a, a servant of his. And he's still developing an understanding of the ways that things work in the kingdom of God. We know that the king of, 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 of Syria is wanting to destroy. And um, <clears throat> so he sends this army to silence the voice of God. And I want you to notice that what we see here is two distinct types of thinking. We see restrictive thinking. We also see successful thinking. We see one that's focused on the problem. We see one that's focused on God's revealed truth. So we know that the servant gets up in the morning. And when he gets up in the morning, I'm sure he walks out. Might have been a beautiful day. He walks out, maybe a couple of Folgers in his hand, no Starbucks at that time. And, and he takes a look out. And what does he see? He, well, he sees an innumerable, vast army that is surrounding them. They see horses and chariots. And of course, there's just Elisha in him. 
that they're after. And so he's shocked. He looks at it and he begins to think, victory's impossible. Alas, what could we possibly do? Alas, let alone, I have no doubt that he would have surrendered, got out the handkerchief and come down the hill and said, yep, here we are. But Elisha gets called, he gets up, and what does he see? Well, he sees the exact same thing. He looks out and there's this vast army that surrounds them, and I'm sure that his initial thought was, yikes. That's a looking, that's a, a, a looking kind of like a, a problem that we're gonna have to face, but he took time to rethink. He took the time to refocus his thoughts. After all, who's bigger? The army, as vast as they are, or God? And so he knew that God is a God of miracles. He knew who his protector was. He knew his provider was. And he also knew that there's military there that have some authority here on this earth, but in front of God, there's nothing that God is incapable of doing. And so he speaks, and he speaks to his servant, and he says, don't fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And so now we know that this servant looks out and he sees the hills are full of angelic beings now. He's not seeing in the natural, he's now seeing in the supernatural, in the spirit realm, and he sees God is here to protect us, but what I, the way I think is gonna be pretty important in this crisis that I face. Many times, I, I, really, I, I typed many times in my notes, but honestly, it's almost every time, our first thoughts to a problem in the natural are gonna be negative. Am I the only one? I mean, <clears throat> that when we come up against a problem, it's like, oh, oh, oh what, what are we gonna do in this one? I mean, it, it, it can be very challenging. And so what we have to do is what Elijah did, the mature, is take a moment and say, I need to rethink this. I, I, I know what's happening here in the natural, but I also know that I serve a God who is a supernatural God. And so what are we to do? Well, we're to bring every thought into captivity to Christ's word. What we're to do is pull down every stronghold that, that has been lodged in our mind through past experience and say, wait, I'm not going on past experience. I'm, I'm gonna go on what God said in his word. We have to discipline ourselves in order to say, I am going to obey what God says. I'm gonna think God's things, uh, thoughts rather. I need to think again about this situation. As Paul said, he said, let God transform you into a successful, a new successful person by changing the way that you think. So Elisha refuses to allow fear of what he saw in the natural to dominate his thoughts. And so he refocuses his thoughts on God's words, and that is what you and I have to learn to do. As we fight this good fight of faith, we have to realize that we are gonna have many issues that come up in our life, and you and I are gonna have to 
realize that in the natural, when we are up against it, we're going to have feelings, but we're going to have to refocus that. We're going to have to think again, and we're going to have to get God's thoughts and stand upon God's words. How many of you remember that old song that we used to sing, Whose Report Will You Believe? You remember that? I mean, it is, is, a, is a minute ago that that, that song was popular. But it, it, it basically what it, we were singing was that, that we, we know what we see in the natural, but we also know what God said. And so who are you going to believe? What are you going to believe? I don't know about you, but I'm going to try to discipline myself to think God thoughts. Amen. Amen. So what we must learn to do in order to live successful lives is we've got to take what God has given us. He's given us everything we need in order to prosper and be successful. And we must determine to learn God's word and to hold on to what he has said. We've got to allow his thoughts to become our thoughts. We've got to learn negativity was not gonna get us anywhere. Alas is not the answer. What we've got to do is fight the good fight of faith. We have to turn from the negative thoughts. We've got to begin to realize those thoughts are a pattern in life that seek to undermine us. And what we are going to have to do is to grab the word of God, successful thinking that allows us to soar above the problems that we face. Can I read it again? Joshua chapter one, verse eight. Study this book. If you got the book in your hand, raise it up. Study this book. Now, he's not writing that to pastors. Study this book continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be able to obey what's written in it because only then are you going to prosper and succeed in all that you do. Only then. So Isaiah 55 verse number 6 says, Seek the Lord. Goes on to say, Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. Goes on to say, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, not my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. But as the heavens are higher than the earth, that's the way my thoughts are. They're higher than your thoughts and higher than your ways. And so you and I have got to make a decision in our life that I'm not going to think like the world thinks. I'm not going to think the first thought that comes into my mind. I'm going to think again. And I've got this stored in my mind because I study it continually. I know what it says. I know what God promises. And if God said it, he's going to do it. Now, I, I can tell you that I have been challenged on this very thing this week. Adam and Carrie's situation, unable to, to get out of um, Israel, flight after flight, being canceled, hope, you know, it's going to be. And uh, so Bonnie and I, of course, are at home, helpless, not, nothing we can do other than pray. And so we do. We pray. But those thoughts come, right? 
I mean, just like they do for you. Oh my God, this is not a good situation. What are we going to do? And I, we, we've had to t keep telling us, no, no, it's going to be okay. Our God is bigger than this situation. And we know that our God always, as we sang it this morning, makes a way. There's a way that God makes, and you and I have to realize that we're going to fight that thing through. And so that was the challenge that we had this week. But that's just one of many, and, and it's the same in your life. It's always one of many. It's, it's an every day we have to fight the good fight of faith. If you're not armed for it, how in the heck are you going to do that? So we have to transform our thoughts to reflect faith in his word because if he did miracles back then, he certainly is going to do miracles today because the Bible says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so God doesn't want us focusing upon the problems. He wants us focusing upon him and his word and how we think is going to be vital to our future. He wants to train us to begin to look for what I call escape routes. There's a way out. Because sometimes when the situation hits us, it seems like there's not. If our marriage is under assault, it seems hopeless. If our finances are, are, are putting us under, we're thinking, my God, what a, there's nothing I can do. If, if your children are walked, have walked away from God and you think, man, it, you know, just, it's, 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 it's going to take a miracle. And if our thought pattern just keeps thinking in that way, we'll never see the escape route that God has for us. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, we recognize that God created us as conquerors and overcomers. But he says, because he says, no temptation, no trial has overtaken you except as what is common to everyone else. But God is faithful and he will not allow you to be tempted above your ability to withstand it, but with the temptation, he will make the way of escape so that you're able to bear it. Uh, from that scripture, we should begin to take an understanding when we're in that crisis, we should be looking for a way out. No, no, God said, I'm gonna believe the report of the Lord. I, there's a scripture that has meant so much to me over the years, it's Hosea chapter two and verse number 15, because there the Bible says, and the uh, I will give you the valley of Achor as a door of hope. Now, that might not mean anything to you, but if you studied out a little bit, Achor, Achor rather, was the place where Achan, uh, was, uh, who um, uh, disobeyed God, was in that valley where they stoned him, they killed him, and they put him in the, uh, it, 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 you know, under, the, under the rocks, basically. And so uh, what that scripture is saying to us that God actually gives us a valley of, the word means troubling. The valley, he gives us the valley of troubling. Check it out. As a door of hope. And so when you're in it, what you gotta do, that way of escape, that, that door of hope, it's there. All you got to do is stand on God's word until you see it. Isn't that what Elijah did? He's, he, he had to look again. He says, well, yeah, there's an army, but also there's God. 
And you can see that now in the spirit. That's what you and I have to do because you and I as Christians, we should never be thinking about defeat. We should always be looking for God in our trials because he is there to help us. Now let me, let me just say this. Honestly, I speak honestly this morning. It is much easier to allow our problems to overwhelm us than it is to fight the good fight of faith. I mean, it takes work. It takes dedication in order to think God's thoughts. Because if your marriage is struggling, let me just tell you the way that it is today. It feels hopeless. And the feeling that love is no longer in your marriage becomes very real. And everybody's telling you, well, you know, that's the people they do. They, they you know, they, they, they change over time. And so they go their separate ways. And so they... You know, there's all kinds of things out there and you begin to think, well, you know, maybe the best thing to do is just divorce. I want to tell you something. Fight the good fight of faith. Think again. God says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. Your whole future is tied to this, folks. Don't throw away something that God has ordained. He said what God has created, let nobody put apart, fight the good fight. Think about it again. If, if, if our health is problematic and we're in a situation where it just seems like, man, this is a long playing issue, just on and on and on. I, I get it, but listen, let me just tell you something. The Bible teaches us that everything, every one of these issues will end in healing. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen the way you want it to happen, the way I think it'll happen, but it will end in healing. This world or the next. Victory is going to be yours. If our financial circumstances are out of control, you got to begin to stand up and fight. Say, Quit. I'm, I'm not believing the lie anymore. I am going to prosper. If God wants me to. He wants me to prosper and be in health. I'm going to do that. See, if you think you can never find that job, cut it out. Think again. God says he'll help you. You and Siri love me, amen. So let me close just the final thoughts. God wants you to see and feel the challenges that come against your life. If you're asking the question, why could this, why did this happen to me? What, God, how could this, you gotta stop asking that kind of question. God allows us to go through. He, he said it. You're going to go through many difficult trials in your life. And so what we've got to do is we've got to take responsibility for our past failures and realize I need to change my thinking. I mean, I, 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 I don't know how to tell you enough that, that that clean slate that Jesus gave you when you surrendered your life to Christ, he gives it to you and he says, here's your new life. So what are you going to do with it? Some will dig into God's word. Some will begin to learn what God said. Some 
as it's revealed to them, begin to apply that to their life, and they are successful. I, whatever, the, whatever the area of field. But all of us are in a process of moving towards success. And so there's some of you here today that you're walking in success in this area of your life and that area and this area too, but there's an area where you just can't seem to get beyond it. And I'm here to tell you today, God wants you victorious in that area too. And what you need to do is think again. Because the way you're thinking is not getting you where you need to go. What you need to do is grab a hold of what God says in his word. I, I, I can tell you personally in my life what happened. That when I gave my heart to Christ, I, if you remember, I said here gradually, as God reveals the word to you, then you need to begin to act on it. And I, the first thing I did was the most important thing to me was my, my, my family. And I got on my knees in front of my wife and I asked her to forgive me told her I was going to do better. I didn't even know how I would do better, but I began to study out God's word and I found that I was supposed to honor her and love her more than I love myself, like Jesus loved her. And, and I, I remember thinking to myself, that's like impossible, Lord, but he didn't sit, put it in there because it's impossible. He put it in there because it's possible. And so what I began to do is I started to change my thinking. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to rethink this. And it brought success on my life in that area. Now there's other areas that I didn't have success in that I needed to. And so, I, I mean, when I started, I did everything wrong. I mean, you, you, when you realize when you come to Christ, the scriptures will say that the things of the spirit, the things of the flesh, they're the opposite of each other. And so obviously you're gonna be doing a lot wrong. But when you come to Christ, it's a process, success one step at a time, success. As God reveals his word to you, as you study it out, as you hear it preached, you begin to say, I want that for my life. Because I know if I took a poll here today and say, do you want success in your life? 100% would say, of course. And then we have to turn back to Joshua's statement. It says, if you'll just meditate, think about God's thoughts. If you'll just put them into practice in your life, only then are you going to have success. And then we realize, duh, there it is. I need to think again. Let's close our eyes, bow our heads for just a moment in the presence of the Lord. I want to tell you today uh, that I love you. And I can tell you that if you're here today, you're in a church that really cares about you as a person. We want to see you succeed. We do not, we're not here to enrich ourselves. We're not here to, to do all the things that people accuse the church of. You're in a church where people love you and care about you and want to see you succeed. And that's why we preach the way we do. That's why we teach the way we teach. And so it's always based on God's word because it will be the blueprint for your life. It will lead you to success. I can't do that. God's already given you that. All you have to do is learn to walk in it. And so there's some things that I would like to talk to you about this morning. Firstly, are you taking the word of God continuously? Are you searching it, studying it, thinking about it? Are you changing thought patterns? Are you admitting past error and starting to think a new way? Because without it, you won't have success. I can't do that for you. I want to. All I can do is preach to you. Before we take an altar call, I'm going to call you. The 
want to change some thinking in an area because you're up against it may succeed here there and everywhere in different things but there's an area where you just really can't seem to get beyond it I believe God wants to show it to you today he wants to help you with it in the first service that's exactly what happened with a couple of people and it just it was such a thrill for me but before I do that I wonder if there's a person here today anyone at all that has never had the slate wiped clean that has never yet surrendered their heart to Jesus Christ and what I mean by that you make him the Lord of your life the Savior of course but the Lord of your life that means that he's in charge he's the boss less of you more of him and if you've never done that if you've never made that determination that that decision you know you you can't have success outside of it you that's not saying you couldn't have money or all that that kind of thing because certainly you could but true success is not material that's part of it yes but but true success comes it's internal and so if that's you this morning and you're here and you're not saved I wonder if you wouldn't just for a moment slip a hand up and put it right back down so that I might be able to see you I see that hand I thank you for it God bless you I see that one as well sir bless you and could there be another right 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 anyone else all through this front to back side to side sometimes it's a little difficult for me to see it I do not want to miss anybody because the most important decision you could ever make in your life is to surrender to Christ. He loves you. He loves you. He wants to, to, you to succeed. He's your biggest fan. He'll, he'll help you, but you gotta do it his way. You gotta surrender your life. Anyone else besides these two honest people today? I, I see it, thank you, thank you. Those of you that have raised your hands, I see that one too, thank you for that. W would you stand to your feet for a moment? Would you do that? Just would you stand? Yeah, yeah. Would you? Thank you. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. I want you to slide out of your seats, and I want you to come down here and pray with me if you do that. Would you do that? Thank you for that. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Bless you, man. What's your name? Nick? Glad, glad you're here. Bless you. Decision time. You as well. Don't be, don't, don't be sad. Bashful, stand right up there. Because this is the truth. Here's scripture. Jesus said, if any man, woman, be in Christ, they're a new creation. Old things are, new things are in front of you. And so today, what it takes, honestly, Salvation is not through anything that you do. It's for what he did. He died upon the cross for your sins. He bore your sickness, your illness. He, everything he did, he did for you. And so what does it take? It takes simple faith in that. I believe you, Lord. I believe that you, what you said, that you love me. For God so loved the, you that he gave his only begotten son. When you believe that and you speak that out of your mouth, scripture says you will be saved, period. Nothing else required. You will be saved. Could it be that easy? It is that easy. But then it becomes up to you. So I want you to pray with me. He said, if you believe in your heart, do you believe that in your heart? And he says, if you'll confess it with your mouth, you will be saved. And so pray with me and say, Jesus, 
out of your mouth. Just repeat this prayer with me. Jesus, I come to you today with my sin and my failure, and I bow my knee to you. Thank you, Jesus, that you love me even while I was a sinner. And now, Father, I believe that you paid the price for my sin. Come into my heart. Make me new in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, Father, I pray. I ask you, Father, these precious ones. Lord, this decision they make, I know, Lord, sometimes we don't understand the depth of ramification, but from death to life, God, I ask you right now, birth within them anew. Let the tears of sorrow turn to shouts of joy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Please give God praise. Miss Mark, Eileen, they're going to take you in that back room, give you a book, and, and talk to you. What a blessing it is to see people come to Christ. There's nothing like it. Now, what I promised, I want to pray. I want to pray for people that you're stuck. There's an area in your life where it's just not, success is not there. Could be finance, could be marriage, could be kids. I don't know. Whatever it is, could be health. There's so many, so many trials that come upon us. For this week, for us, it's, it's, it's our kids. But I, I know that it's a daily battle. And what we are is we are here with you. We want the helmet of salvation. We want to admit where we failed in our thinking, and we want to transform that thinking so that we can become victorious as God intended. So if that's you, just get up to your, from your seat and make your way down here with me. I'm just going to stand down here on the, on the floor, and I want to help you. I, I want to see you succeed. I want to see it. You, you're, you're valuable. You're so valuable. You're so valuable in the kingdom. You're so valuable to me, Kevin. So, so, so wonderful. Jesse, I respect you, dude. Bless you. The battle's real. Jesus wants us to see and feel opposition. He wants us to do that. So don't ask him, why? Why me? How come? No, no. He wants you to. Why? Because he wants to see you take God's Word and apply it to your life because only then can you succeed. You see that? You're saved. You're on your way to heaven. Thank God for that. I, there's no, that, no, nothing's changing that. This is not what this is about. This is about victory that God has for your life. And so take that area, that area in your life where you're, you, you just seem stuck at, and, 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 and take ownership. Say, you know what? My thinking has got me here. I need to find in your word what you're thinking on this matter is, and I need to then change, think again, and, and change the way I look at this. And I'm going to apply your word to my life. If you, you have to do that. The church can't do that for you. Jesus won't do that for you. He wants you to feel the opposition and fight the good fight of faith. So once you've got that thought in your mind and you know where the area is, would you just lift your hands to the Lord in, in simple surrender? And maybe you, along with me, would begin to pray. 
and ask God to reveal these areas where your thought patterns are, are off and ask him to help you. So Father, pray with me. Father, in Jesus' name, God, this precious people, your children, Lord, your people that you desire more than anything to succeed. Father, I'm a, I stand today with them, Father, because we recognize your revealed word is what we have to have. Without the revelation of your word, we can't obey it. And so, Lord, in Jesus' name, right now, help them. Lord, and as you reveal it, just like you, your daughter Riley Gaines, as, as she be thought it through again, and she said, no, 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 I, I am going to make a difference. I am going, to, I am going to, uh, to change the way I think. In Jesus' name, success, let it come forth. Jesus, let it come forth in these precious lives. God, marriage is restored. Business has begun. Father, families restored. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, my God, my God, help your people. Father, begin to reveal even the depths of your word to them, Lord, in the name of Jesus, by the power of your spirit, in Jesus' name. Mighty God, thank you, Father. Lord, your word, it let it prevail. Let your thoughts be uh, become ours, Lord. Let, let us realize how much higher your ways are. Jesus, hallelujah. Come on, let's lift our voices to praise him and worship him. He's made a way, make a way, that way to escape. Hallelujah. Let's sing it out. Nothing's too hard. Nothing's too hard for you. Impossible's what you do. And I know you've got this too. Impossible's what you do. Sing it out. And nothing's too hard for you. Impossible's what you do. And nothing. to this altar today and have made a heart decision I want to tell you something that's the first step to success in that area of your life just the first step second step well it's right here and I, I, I challenge you I know that in churches today across America people say they read the word only when they attend church and that only as the pastor, what he's preaching. And I wanna challenge you, we at Elevate Ministries, the idea is we wanna elevate our lives. And, and yes, I can challenge you, or Pastor Adam can preach a great sermon, but folks, here it is, it's your book. It, when I got my, gave my heart to Christ, I had no thoughts that I would ever do anything, but I wanted to succeed, and I, this became my book, my life. Make it yours. Change, change the way you think about that. 
I, I don't have the time to read God's Word. I, I, I can't understand God's Word. I, as long as you think that, guess what? <laughs> That's what you can. You won't read it. But you can understand it because God said it to you. And, and, and you can, uh, you, you do have time because you make time for everything that you want. We can sit down. I mean, I have no excuse. I can sit down and watch football all day. I got time for it somehow. But do I have time for him? And so, Father, we thank you, Lord, from the depths of our soul for everything you're doing in these lives. And God, I ask you, open their eyes so that they can see. Let me be Elisha this morning and speak to your people that way and say, Open their eyes that they can see the door of hope, Lord, the, the escape route, Father. Let them see it, Father. Reveal it to them, we pray, in the most powerful name in the whole universe, the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. Let's give God praise. Hallelujah. Come on, sing it one more time to And nothing's too hard for you. Impossible. Church, we follow God and we love each other. God bless you as you go from this place. We love you. We'll see you again very, very soon.